You're listening to Truly Criminal, the home of true crime. To see the video version of this case, including the footage and photos, you can find us on YouTube. Just search for Truly Criminal. In 2015, 18-year-old Carl Farisian was living in Punta Gorda in Charlotte County, Florida. He was attending high school there and had just started his first job. Kyle was always smiling, friendly and polite, with people saying he welcomed everybody with a cheeky grin. He loved the outdoors, enjoying long bike rides with his sister Keston. He was also an avid gamer, frequently staying up late into the night competing with people online. Keston said the pair were always close. Kyle looked out for her and was very protective. He was always in charge and he never let me forget it, she said. His stepfather, JJ, described him as mild-mannered, loving to laugh, play and just have fun. Kyle stayed with his mother and stepfather on the weekends and his father 50 miles away in Punta Gorda for the rest of the week. He had just got his first job at a local 7-Eleven store and he was excited to be earning his own money and experiencing something new. Although he was outgoing with his family, he was quite shy around other people. He told his mother that he was happy his job was working the night shift so he could build up his confidence more without being overwhelmed by serving so many people. On October 31st, 2015, Kyle got ready for his night shift. Another employee was scheduled to start at about 3.30am, but until then, he was working in the store, alone. Several hours later, 3.17am. 911, where is your emergency? Um, a, a panicked 911 call came in from a Punta Gorda resident. The 7-Eleven store was filled with smoke and a fire was spreading inside. After a closer look, the woman making the call said that she could make out a body on the floor, and it appeared that this was where the fire had been started. Police did wonder if it was possibly a Halloween prank of some sort, but just three minutes later when they arrived on scene they realised it most definitely wasn't. After the fire had been extinguished, they found a charred body by the counter and blood covering the floor. The employee that was due to start her shift hurried over to the shop and met police. She had been outside ready to start, but after seeing the fire spreading inside, she had frantically started ringing Kyle to find out where he was. She knew he had been working alone that night, and was praying that maybe he didn't make it in, or was outside somewhere. Just as she was about to call the police, she heard the sirens. She then spotted a woman driving a dark-coloured SUV out of the parking lot, and she was on her phone at the time. The employee tearfully told the police that she could tell it was the body of her co-worker, Kyle. 
in Charlotte County. One person is dead following a fire at a 7-Eleven store in Punta Gorda. This happened at the 7-Eleven at the intersection of Bow Harbor and Akiesta. We know the Punta Gorda Police Department, the Fire Department, and the Medical Examiner are all on scene this morning. We're working to get more information on how this fire began. We know that it is a white male who passed away in this fire. We have a crew on scene. We plan to update you with more information. It was later determined that this was no accidental fire. Kyle had been shot to death before being set alight. As well as the community, even the police were in shock. Crimes like this were so rare and nobody could believe that something like this would happen. As cliché as it sounds, Kyle didn't have any enemies or even any issues with anyone. He was just going about his day, working his usual shift and living his life the way he normally would. Nothing appeared to have been stolen, so robbery was ruled out, and what had happened made absolutely no sense to anyone. The Punagorda fire that killed an 18-year-old over the weekend is now being called a homicide. I spoke with multiple neighbors living across the street from that 7-Eleven, breaking the news to them that this is now a homicide investigation. Although the store did have CCTV, the police were worried that the fire could have damaged the cameras but set about trying to retrieve the data anyway. An $11,000 reward was offered, and police were begging anyone that might have seen or heard something, no matter how small they thought it might be, to come forward. Officers managed to track down the woman who had made the 911 call. Her name was Chelsea, and she was asked to come in and answer some questions. They wanted to know why she had left the scene, rather than wait for the responders to show up. She said that she and her boyfriend had pulled in to get some cigarettes, but after seeing a body on fire and blood everywhere, they panicked. They didn't want to hang about, thinking the fire might start to spread, or whoever had done this was still around and might come for them too. Investigators weren't initially convinced, thinking it was just too coincidental to have just pulled up at the same time that all of this had happened, but after talking to her boyfriend Alex... They felt confident that the couple were simply in the wrong place at the wrong time, and it was clear the whole scene was just as traumatising to the couple as it had been to everyone else. To the authorities' relief, some of the cameras inside were still working, and although the quality wasn't great, this was at least a starting point. On the first camera they checked, the footage was very blurry, but it showed Kyle looking down the aisles of the store, seemingly at someone following them aisle to aisle. Without warning, at 3.12am, a man who was covering his face was then seen walking out of the third aisle, holding a gasoline can. He then pulled out a gun and shot Kyle in the head, at point-blank range. Kyle dropped to the floor as another shot was fired at his head. The man then walked over and poured gasoline onto his body before grabbing a lighter from one of the displays and setting Kyle and the counter on fire. He then ran out of the store. It was so brutal, so brazen and so callous that officers were horrified and sat in stunned silence for a moment. They said it was disturbing to watch someone do something like that with seemingly no motive as to why. This was not an accidental death. This was a planned out execution, said Detective DeVault. The second camera showed a much clearer picture, and it picked up the audio. 
It showed that 11 minutes past three was the time the man had entered the store, and the door chimed as he walked in. There was no more sound for the next 78 seconds. Whoever the shooter was, he didn't say a word to Kyle as he was walking around inside. The next sound that can be heard is the two gunshots. The angle of this camera gave them a clearer picture of what the man was wearing and his size and build. He had camo trousers on as well as latex gloves, which at one point he started to take off. He also placed the gun on the floor, giving detectives a fairly clear image of that too. It was a long-barrelled revolver. The suspect then fled the shop at 3.13. The cameras concluded that he was in there for less than three minutes, and it was unfathomable that this had all happened in such a short time frame. The shooter didn't go behind the counter and try and get to the money. He didn't steal anything from the shelves either. It seemed whoever had done this had come in with the intention of killing and nothing else. Kyle's family had now all travelled into Punta Gorda and spent most days just waiting in the station for any news. Kyle's stepfather said, even though he was my stepson, he was my kid. Not knowing who did this to him, that's where the dad side of me was being eaten alive because I felt as a dad, I needed to know who did this to one of my children. But the police really were stumped and simply couldn't tell them anything. Punta Gorda police also tell us tonight they do not have any suspects in the murder More of Kyle More than two Felicia. days and still no answers. answers. Tonight, two days after the body of 18-year-old Kyle Farishian was discovered inside a burned-out 7-Eleven. NBC2 anchor Joe Rotes is live at the scene with today's developments. Joe? Peter, Punta Gorda police are keeping pretty quiet at this point in the investigation, although they were here at the store earlier today. Crime scene vans were out here. Construction workers now taking over later in the afternoon to begin repairing the damage done to the store in the fire. We released documents from the Punta Gorda Police Department today shed little light on where the investigation has taken officers in the last few days. It's a quiet, quiet neighborhood and uh, only trouble we've ever had, I guess, really. With no more CCTV outside the building and no witnesses, 48 hours with no answers felt like a lifetime for both the family and the investigating team. The search for evidence was widening, dive teams came in and detectives were asking for support from neighbouring police teams. But when the manager of the 7-Eleven store asked to talk to the officers, their look would suddenly change. She said one thing in particular had been playing on her mind. Several weeks before anything happened, a man had come into the store looking to buy alcohol. She and Kyle were both at the counter when the man brought the beer over. The manager asked him to remove his ID from his wallet so she could take a look at it closely, but for some reason he refused, so she refused to serve him. That specific camera was the one that picked up the audio, and as the police watched it back, they could hear the man telling the manager he was going to get her fired. He demanded to know everyone's names before storming out. The manager, Laurie, followed him outside to try and log his licence plate, but the man followed her back inside, shouting and being aggressive and threatening. As the situation started to escalate, Kyle picked up the phone to call 911. Before police arrived, the man had stormed out again, but fortunately... Laurie had been able to get his number plate. 
and she handed it to police that same day. A couple of weeks later, on September the 15th, despite now being banned from the store, the man came back in. Again, they refused to serve him, and Laurie phoned the police for a second time. The man then got into his car and drove right at Laurie outside, before speeding off. The vehicle was registered to a 28-year-old named Michael Russo, and he lived just around the corner from the 7-Eleven. Police issued him with a trespass warning, and he was told that if he returned to the store within one year, he would be arrested. Officers played the CCTV side by side, looking at the mannerisms and the size and build of Kyle's killer, alongside Michael Russo. From what they could tell, everything, right down to the way he walked, was the same. This was the strongest lead so far, and a warrant was obtained so that police could search Michael's home. Police investigating the death of a 7-Eleven cashier last night. They raided a home less than a mile away from the convenience store where his body was found. His house was full of various guns and ammunition. A white box of latex gloves was also found. And numerous red gasoline canisters were located outside. Detectives also found a partially melted single latex glove in a bin. The specific gun they were looking for, however, was missing and after forensically searching his house and car, top to bottom, there was no physical evidence linking him to the store. Details of the investigation so far led us to that residence to get additional evidence. Is he in custody right now? He is not in custody at this time. Was taken in for questioning? Um, No, he was not taken into the police department. Although they felt fairly confident that Michael Russo was a suspect, they just didn't have enough to obtain an arrest warrant. A lot of tears, a lot of silence, and even laughter as loved ones remember a young life that had an impact on so many. He's a good kid. If you needed help, he'd be the first one to come help you. Kyle was fond of older model cars, and that's why his family arranged for his casket to be transported in this old-school Ford pickup, alongside more than 100 friends, neighbors, and loved ones from all walks of life. Kyle was a great kid. It was an honor to know him. He had a light about him that he always had you smiling, he always had you laughing. We'd be out working in the yard and Kyle would just come by and he'd be like, Coach, you need help mowing the yard? He'd just fall in. And tonight, still no closure for loved ones as police try to comb through your tips to find the closure they seek. I would love to see justice and the person that, or people that did this, pay for their, their crime, what they've done. Six weeks would soon pass, and the grief-stricken community were banding together in a big way. The community is still shaken by this crime, but they aren't letting that fear control them. They showed that respect through music, food, and solidarity. Punta Gorda and Port Charlotte coming together to support Kyle Frischian's family. Kyle's mother worked for me for about five years, and Kyle's stepdad... Uh, His band's played here countless times, so when I saw the news, I just felt the need to do something. Porky's Roadhouse owner Blake Zinn sprang in action, donating the food, manpower, and the free services of eight bands that entertained an estimated 500 people Sunday afternoon, a lot of them donating anything they could to help Kyle's family. And the reward for information 
was now sat at $20,000. As well as this, police were now seeking the help of the FBI and enlisting new technology they believed might help them more when it came to the cameras inside. Detectives also spent the following weeks and months speaking with many people about Michael Russo, trying to build up a picture of who exactly he was. A lot of people came forward and said that they had previously accused him of threatening them for completely ridiculous and meaningless things. He seemed to be aggressive in his nature, completely flying off the handle for minor incidents. His neighbours also said that Michael was very open and proud of his extensive gun collection, often showing it off and telling everyone about each individual gun and where it came from. They said that one of his favourites was actually a long-barrelled revolver, the exact same type that was used to kill Kyle. And what was even more interesting was that the neighbours said that since that fateful day back in November, they hadn't seen the gun again. At this point, the case was really as strong as it was going to get. And with this, five months after Kyle had been killed, Circuit Judge George Richards signed the warrant the police had been after for almost half a year. More than five months after a Punta Gorda teen was murdered, police have arrested his killer. We told you last night at 11, investigators arrested this man, 28-year-old Michael Rousseau, charged with murder and arson. Surveillance video from neighbors captured detectives and the Charlotte County SWAT team arrest Rousseau just beyond these trees. Despite Rousseau being charged with murder and arson, even law enforcement says there's not much to say about him. He's very odd. Um, to our knowledge, he has absolutely no employment. Uh, he stays inside for sometimes three and four days at a time, not coming out. You never saw him outside, you know, or socializing. So I think the father pretty much stayed to himself, but I don't think there was a wife there since we moved in in 2006. We never saw him make a trip to the mailbox, as you do your other neighbors. We've never seen a trash can set outside. Off the street, and I hope everybody can rest safe here in town and feel a little better about everything, and we're just counting on the justice system to do its thing. Michael Russo was finally arrested on charges of homicide and arson. The only thing officers really couldn't wrap their heads around was why. Apart from getting revenge for the fact that the past two times he went in, they had refused to serve him, there was absolutely no other motive for Michael doing what he did. Police believe that he went in with the intent to kill whoever was working, and he didn't care who it was or how many people were there. Detective DeVault said that what happened that morning was nothing short of barbaric. He said, this is not an ordinary person, this is a monster. The man accused of killing a 7-Eleven clerk in Punagorda was in court today. That's 20 Michael Russo pleaded not guilty. And in May 2017, his trial began. The team felt that the circumstantial evidence was really strong when it was all added up. And even though there was no physical evidence, both they and the prosecution knew it was a solid case. Defendant fits. He fits from shoulders down, right into the same spot. That's the same members of the jury. Same race, he's the same body type, same height. He's the only person that had a problem with that store since it opened four years prior. 
But Russo's attorney tells the jury it's simply not enough. No fibers, no hair, no DNA, and on and on and on and on. Nothing. Absolutely goose egg nothing. To everybody's relief, Michael Russo was found guilty and sentenced to life in prison for second-degree murder with an additional 30 years for first-degree arson. His attorneys filed a motion for a new trial, but there is currently no update on the outcome of this. After the trial was over, it was announced that the now infamous 7-Eleven store would be closed down permanently. Kyle had a bright future ahead of him and was just enjoying the simple things in life that many 18-year-olds do. Going to school in his college dreams, working for the first time and hanging out with his friends and family. His life was cut so tragically short in a brutal and terrifying way that no one could ever have imagined and for reasons that are nothing short of totally senseless. His mother, Bobby Jo, said that she misses how much he comforted her whenever things were tough, and he always assured her that everything would be okay. She said that she still expects to hear from him every day, a phone call or a text, but it feels like a punch in the gut every time she realises this won't happen. His stepfather, JJ, said every morning they wake up, they have to put a plan together for how they're going to approach the day and get through it. Every day brings new challenges and learning curves, sometimes expected, sometimes not. It really is a never-ending process for everyone that knew and loved Kyle, and JJ said they just do their best, one day at a time. 